I have an I have an idea for the beginning of our episodes. All right, how are we gonna do it, bro? Like, you know, okay, so you know how at the end of the episode, this might be like a secret if people actually don't listen to our episodes. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the episodes, we have the little bubbles. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know about that, you should listen to our whole episodes. Oh, if I you agree. Don't, you're missing out you, on the bubbles, which is like that's the whole point of the episode, you know. But at the beginning of the episodes, we should just have like a little ad lib, like skirt, skirt. <laughs> <laughs> Like, people know it's starting then. Well, now they know it's starting now. Yeah, so, like, we um, should demonstrate. This is this is how it would be if you started the episode now. Skirt! <laughs> Please don't turn it off after this part. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. It's only going to get better. <laughs> Hopefully, bro. <laughs> Fish, welcome back to another episode of Odd Fish. I'm your host Pranav. This is your other host Rish. We're happy to uh, welcome you. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'll do it. It's got to be the I'm last done. one, I'm bro. Done. I'm, done. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> so we better get into this episode. Uh, hope you've been enjoying our previous. Uh, Previous guest episodes being very informative, educational, all that. Um, we'll try and be as informative as we <laughs> as we were in the other episodes. But to be honest, I mean, between the two of us, like there's uh, there's not much IQ here. Yeah, so. yeah. You know that. Um, you know, uh, goldfish actually cannot remember anything ten seconds like after its previous memory so Duh, it's, it's got a like a yeah yeah ex- exactly bro so <laughs> we'd be teaching you stuff um but basically i i personally feel that odd fish are very similar in their mentality so the amount of educational content we bring to you may not be as high but we do our best we- <laughs> what did you say bro <laughs> And with that being said, let's get into this episode. With what being said? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. You know what? I'm done. I'm going to take a backseat on this episode. This is clearly, <laughs> this is low IQ today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Pranav said, I hope you guys have enjoyed the last couple episodes. We've definitely had some people who, who know what they're talking about. Uh, it's not usually the way we work at Odd Fish. So Agreed. Glad we've had them to uh, share their experiences with us. Climate change, political scene, all that kind of stuff. Hopefully, Very we'll be able to things. keep it up too. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely um, more guests to come, more yep. educated people to come. If any of y'all geniuses want to make an appearance and flex <laughs> on us, like you're always welcome to. Of course. Um, but yeah, with that being said, we've definitely had some episodes where the theme or the general topic has been a little bit more serious, a little bit more um, honestly, just things that are important to talk about and things we needed to to get out there for uh our four listeners facts um, <laughs> but with this one we wanted to this is just the two of us as you can see just us and jerry in the room and we <laughs> wanted to uh we wanted to touch base on this whole concept of the creative economy it's not even a concept it's a real tangible thing facts facts facts. Um, but we wanted to get in this because it's it's honestly something that that's new to us we've been reading on it and 
Uh, I yeah, guess that's right. We us. read out here. Oh, yeah. We learned. <laughs> we learned how to read. <laughs> um, but it's something that's fairly new to us as a concept and just a general idea of this creative industry, the creative economy that exists not only in America, but just in the entire world. So we wanted to share that with y'all. Yeah. And um, our, our last couple of episodes have been some real serious, at times, sad boy hours type of episodes, mm-hmm. to be honest with mm-hmm. you. So, And we ain't trying to depress our four viewers out here. Um, <laughs> knowing that they're probably all from the architecture school, they they're probably depressed already. Got it enough, so we, yeah. we we don't want to add to that. Um, but fortunately, the creative economy, the topic that we'll be discussing today, is honestly a really uplifting topic, and it was uh it was really nice and just like satisfying to read about. So hopefully, it'll be satisfying to hear about it as well. So yeah. That being said, uh, why don't we get into like what exactly the creative economy is and why it's important. Yeah, so basically the idea of the creative economy, if you Google this and just get, just get a basic definition of it, you'll realize that the creative economy came up as a term or a concept in the 1990s, approximately when people started to look at movies. Wow, art. you remember dates now, bro? Yeah, dude. We really are stepping up our quality, bro. <laughs> Joseph and Andre shamed us into doing better episodes. <laughs> no, it's just now that I remember, because I read it 10 seconds ago. Oh, I got you. If it was any longer, I, I wouldn't have you. remembered anything. Anyways, 1990, approximately when people started to place a little bit more value on music, movies, arts in general, uh, Creative. This is what they called creative industries, as things that allowed for more subjectivity, allowed for more creativity. When people saw as generic, uh, creative things, like I'm saying, like movies and music, those things started to gain a little bit more, like, traction or were placed in a little bit more of a limelight in the 1990s, approximately, because people started to realize that those industries were actually creating insane amounts of revenue and creating jobs that they never realized were even possible because you know when you when you think about art and creative industries like music and all these things that you know people people say oh you're gonna be an artist you're not gonna make any money that was the idea that was the uh stereotype that you know still exists today for sure but that was never something that people realized could be a part of the functioning economy of a massive country like america or any country in the world for for that matter but no one ever placed the value on it placed enough value on it to where they could see that oh that industry is actually making more than tourism. That industry yeah, sure. is really helping the economy substantially. And if you look at how it's helping the economy, it's uh, it's crazy looking at the actual statistics on it because in 2017, the value of arts and cultural production in America was $887.8 billion, which, okay, cool number. What's it mean? <laughs> um, but basically, that number is higher than the contribution of construction, transportation, travel and tourism mining utilities agriculture industries all this stuff was not um contributing as much to the gdp as uh as that as the value of arts and cultural production mm-hmm. um so these creative industries are starting to take a real shine in the economy itself um and also in 2017 there were 5.1 million arts and cultural sector jobs which uh which accounts for 3.4 percent of um of all U.S. jobs, and ended up paying workers a total, a collective total of uh, around four hundred billion. Um, and so, basically, all of that goes to say that um, the value of creative uh, jobs are like it's 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 bringing money into the economy, and that's being realized. And um, and it's it's um becoming a very recent spike, especially um in the two thousands and up. 
but basically the whole the whole starving artist stereotype that uh, that so many of us can see ourselves falling into <laughs> eventually um, turns falling out into already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Turns out that ain't what everybody else said uh, may think it is. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even had dinner tonight, so. <laughs> we're really out here starving we're starving because we're bad not because we're artists bro we're starving for our fans <laughs> for our school well see the idea of the creative economy like i was saying came up in like the 90s because of the idea that people people realized uh they can try to objectify the subjectivity in art so go ahead and quote that for the instagram but basically yeah, that's, that's that's the topic of our episode right there <laughs> basically when you look at art and we look at creative uh outlets like music movies food entertainment uh uh basic art stuff like like hand drawing and whatever simple things that have always been so subjective if you look at the mona lisa someone someone hates it someone likes it if you look at uh who painted if, it though <laughs> mona lisa did bro <laughs> uh it was uh what's that guy's name da vinci da Vin- <laughs> We could be those guys, dude. We could be the brown versions of those guys. I ain't even gonna lie to you. You know they're pro wrestlers. Yeah, I know. So you- <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone who's like above our our <laughs> social class. You don't get that joke. <laughs> um, point being, <laughs> I think TikTok creation is a. Uh, it's an art form, dude. Those it guys is. are those guys are contributing to the creative industry. No, that's a great point because TikTok and like this whole digital scene that's going on right now, and you know, there's so many kids out there who's like, I want to be a creator when I grow up. Like, yeah, there's so many parents out there who are saying, Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Sorry, oh, facts, facts, facts. Sorry, Brad, you can't, you can't <laughs> be a creator, a YouTuber. You can't be Davinky. Do <laughs> something with a paycheck. And it's so crazy that people are saying that because they don't realize. Uh, the statistics on it, like now I was just saying, there are so many more creative jobs in the industry right now, and there's so many, there's so much more likely to be self-employed. There's so much, more, so much more likely to draw in other parts of the the economy. So, it, for example, if you're an artist, if you're a a music, uh, what's a a musician, a musician, <laughs> if you a musician, <laughs> um, you are so much more likely to draw in other parts of the economy, other people that do different work so what i'm trying to say is that if you're someone in the creative industry you're going to eventually start working with an accountant you're going to work with someone who's going to manage your finances you're going to work with someone who's going to do this and that and manages other parts of the world that have to do with money transportation all those other things that you're talking about that don't do as much as uh essentially manages the more like capitalistic and parts of your industry that might deal with the money um And yeah, um, artists are, uh, as of 2017, artists are 3.6 uh, times more likely than the total uh, U.S. workforce to be self-employed. So if you look at that like kind of entrepreneurial spirit that goes with being an artist. And um, and even uh, looking at the flip side of it, um, as, as being an employee, 50% of uh, opportunities in the job market cite creativity as a necessary uh, skill. And uh, 74% of educators say that risk of job automation is lower in professions that require uh, creative problem-solving skills. So although although the robots are coming for all of us, they might they might just get the creative last, which is which is pretty <laughs> endearing if you ask me. Yeah, I think that the biggest example to take away from uh, defining creative industry because 
the creative industry, people just like they the reason that people just categorized everything and grouped everything together uh, to be music art and all those creative things is because there's a certain element. Oh, back we're back to the. the oh, we're dude, back this is it. season one this vibes, is, bro. <laughs> holy shit! There's an element of creativity that people don't realize that lies in the concept of change. And so, what I mean by that is that let's, for example, take Apple, right? Apple was a giant classic. Uh, Apple, bro. Apple is a giant force in the in the economy in the. Uh, I guess just lives of everybody's uh, telecommunication world. I mean, we didn't research this episode on an Android, bro. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we did it on a Dell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, what was I trying to say? Yeah, so so change. Um, change is this thing that basically is the ulterior motive behind creativity. And creativity is not necessarily something that's like, Oh, you have an eye for color. You have an eye for music. Well, you wouldn't have an eye for music. You'd have Speak for yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but change is the thing that drives creativity because when when society starts to place monetary value on things, when society starts to claim pop culture, societal norms on things, change yeah. is the thing that stands out from things. So when you look at Apple as an example, going back to that, every year they pop out with, with a new uh, iPhone and like for every sure. whatever, 10, 9 months. And the reason they do that is not because they're changing the look of the iPhone every nine years. We know that shit. We're we're paying <laughs> we're paying a lot of money to get the same thing every two years. Yeah. But the reason they do that is because one little change drives the creative spikes of like just through the roof everywhere. For sure. For Taking sure. away the home button. Whoa, crazy creative. <laughs> Did it really change a lot in the way we use things and the creativity, like the creative nature of things? No. But because they change something. That is the definition of creativity. You're changing the you're changing the way that something's going right now in order to, I guess, in the in the end, make money. Yeah, yeah, so. makes sense. Um, and uh, I think another uh, important thing that we could probably talk about um, is the impact of the creative sphere on uh, innovation, like you were just talking about, mm -hmm. um, and how it affects how it affects other communities. So, like. In, uh, in rural communities, a single performing arts organization uh, more than doubles the probability that the rural business um, community will innovate around it. So not just in the in the global sphere of, you know, Apple affecting the entire world. Right. Um, it, it also can happen in, uh, in local communities with maybe not as much, uh, not as much like current um, individualized business going on. Mm -hmm. um, and if you also look at the tourism aspect of, uh, of creative industries, of the of the 116 million American adults who traveled um, in 2012, 32.5 million or 28 percent extended their trip for a, a, a creative venture, essentially, um, whether it's a cultural event or a, a museum or something historic like that. Um, and of those who did that, uh, 40 percent extended their trip by one or more nights. So you can see, you know, the creative uh, creative sphere generating revenue um, as it relates to tourism. So. We talked uh, for a long time about how um, about how creative industries can essentially uh, be good for the economy, and um, and that's and that's why there's you know money in being a creative essentially. But um, why don't we maybe specify it and talk about uh, some different creative disciplines, how it affects us, and our maybe our own subjective takes on the creative industry for a second. We're taking a subjective take on a subjective industry defined by objectivity. Let's go, Let's bro. Go. This is, we're getting so deep on him right now. 
Just like Davinci would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think you know, being architecture students, that's the first uh, sort of knee-jerk reaction we have to creativity being, going back to the stereotype, like you're talking about, the starving artist, and as as Gotta we are, it. yeah, uh, yeah. But I think that's the biggest thing that turns people off to the creative industry as a whole, because when you think about when you think about any of those industries, you don't think about the industry as a whole. You don't think about Hollywood as an industry. You don't think about music record labels as an industry. You think about where you stand in that. For sure. You think about where I am as an artist, where I am as a creative. Um, and when you look at it from that from that mode, that's where the whole stereotype comes in because you the, the stereotype doesn't necessarily bode well for the people who say, I'm a struggling musician in LA trying to make the most of it because mm-hmm. you got to work a different job. You got to do all the hardware work behind it in order to get to just a fraction all that for a drop of blood like Neno said (laughs) but (laughs) but the thing is that the industry itself is calling upon all those people because um the creativity that drives them like you're never gonna you're never gonna get Steve Jobs in his garage out of like you're never gonna get that every day but yeah the reason that the creative industry works is because there's so many people doing that so the chances of someone coming up with that golden ticket idea yeah one person's bound to make exactly. it right yeah for sure um yeah and although there's like you know obviously like because that market board exists and there's such a and you know it's to most people it'd be more um more enjoyable than something like a desk job or you know something that you're just you know doing for the check yeah um obviously there's like a larger um larger need to fill the uh to fill the market but i feel like that um that whole point like the fact that it's driven by the market i feel uh could be problematic in a way because if you um if you've got like a very obvious like monetary end goal to your art like does that does that distill the art like one of the Mm. um one of the things that i am really grateful for in terms of music and even in terms of the podcast too is like we don't have to do this shit for anybody you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying like if we if i make the most fucking disgusting whack song and nobody likes it like (laughs) i'm still eating tonight you know what i mean um and so we've got (laughs) everyone go stream no 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 that's not what it's about bro (laughs) resume the episode no 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 nothing nothing like that bro but um but basically my point is it's a good point though yeah continue um yeah yeah my point is like at what point are um although although you know the um the free market is giving you this opportunity to be a creative like it does come with a big asterisk of like Mm -hmm. now what you do has got to be to appease this certain group of people you can no longer create art for art's sake you you can no longer create art with like maybe political or personal or social reasons behind it um so much of it goes into uh what's uh what are people looking for what's going to be that like fast food type entertainment that gets you that check you know what i mean yeah for sure and i think that's the way that most industry heads look at it as well when you think of the cultural impact of the creative industry because I think when when you look when you take Marvel movies or any yeah like like Black Panther for example right like, yeah yes it, it brought in a lot of money and all that like highest box office uh, uh, revenue yeah. or something but bigger than that you have this whole cultural wave of the 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 meaning behind Black Panther the the cultural ties that are brought together and yeah, just the absolutely the, the whole idea of it being a cultural uh, catalyst of sorts 
And so when you when you look at creative industries and, and that force they could have, it's really powerful. Extremely, yeah. But you also have to look at it from the idea of like, yeah, yeah, Black Panther was like culturally huge and revolutionary and all that. But you know that was secondary to the primary focus of making a superhero movie that, that earns the fucking oh, yeah. Marvel a, oh, yeah. a ton of money. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. Um, and I... I hate that I'm using this as an example, but I'm about to quote Kanye on the Joe Rogan podcast that dropped literally <laughs> earlier today. Um, <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't seen the whole episode yet. Um, so, so don't, don't hold it against me. Um, <laughs> but I know like, for example, Kanye was talking about how um, the, the George Lucas star Wars prequels are better than the ones that I think Disney has just done because the Disney prequels were done with the purpose of, appeasing the fans as much as possible while the george lucas prequels like i mean they weren't like popular with fans or anything um but it was done because it was george lucas's baby and because that was the direction that he wanted to go with it as opposed to like what's going to keep the maximum amount of people happy what's Mm going to keep the maximum amount of uh people invested how are we going to get the most like clicks and views and people in the theater based off this you know what i mean so although although it may have been curated less to the um to the creative market it was um i'd argue a little bit more pure because it was like art for the artist's sake if that makes sense yeah yeah i think that's a really powerful thing to touch on too because when anyone embarks on a creative uh journey of sorts whether it's Billie eilish starting her music career yes sir or it's anybody else doing doing their own thing the whole idea of doing music or not music doing anything creative for the sake of it being your way to express yourself your way of being creative i think that as an artist as any of anyone anyone who's a creative that is always going to come first i feel like oh yeah i think whether you're the person whether you're joe and anthony russo making marvel movies and directing them and being at the top of that industry or whether you're a nobody who like paints or whatever yeah uh nobody quote unquote because if yeah not, you're not no you're somebody. everybody's somebody Everybody bro somebody. don't get twisted <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> whether you're joe and anthony Russo or you're a somebody <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think everyone does their creative outlet for the sake of their own fulfillment their own sort of like however they find happiness and if they find happiness by someone tasting their food and that that brings them joy that's that's their that's their final goal. Yeah, for sure. I don't think um, I think anyone in the creative industries obviously the golden ticket would be to find something you love and to to make yourself happy doing that and also make money doing it. But yeah, I think sure. regardless of how much money you make, regardless of whether you're the highest paying animator or the the somebodies, <laughs> I think the ulterior motive for all creatives is to find the creative thing that brings them joy and happiness and that that I think that's their driving motive. Yeah, and and that of course begs the question, and this is a tough question, but it's like, begging. yeah, oh, it's begging, bro. <laughs> but if this is if it's something you do for yourself, should you be trying to make money off it? Does yeah. that make sense? Because when you when you're making when you money off it, how much of it can still be for you? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I was having that conversation literally last night too, because when a lot of people like go into an industry and just like, um, you know, it might be something that they. They still want to do, they still love doing and everything. But a lot of people have this like creative back pocket idea that they never really embarked on. Yeah. You know, like yeah, shout yeah. out to my For mom. Sure. My mom wants to like start a restaurant, whatever. Yeah. So do I. But like the second that you turn that from something that you love doing as, as like cooking and cooking for people and cooking for family and things like that, the second you take that idea and magnify it and 
turn it into something that you have to make your means of living, I think the whole definition changes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, and, then the, and then the thing you love starts to become the thing dragging you down. So it's pretty weird, bro. <laughs> but basically, the point is, I hate money. Um, that's, that's really <laughs> all it is. All there is to it. Money drives the world. Money makes the world go round. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's just really what it boils down to. Sometimes Is there anything else you want to touch on, bro? <laughs> I <laughs> that's the hardest like pill to swallow. Just being that like money is always first in mentality. Facts, even bro. though we're like creatives and we want to do it for the sake of being creative, but <laughs> money <laughs> money is the first thing that always comes first. Um, how do you think that affects you kind of as like, what do you think is like the, the perspective on all this stuff from an architect slash architecture student? Cause we ain't even, we ain't even talk about how it relates to us yet. That's you know true, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, personally, I think the more I've gone through architecture, you've heard this a million, you've heard oh, this course. spiel so much. I know how it goes, bro. But the more I've gone through architecture, the least, the less I've liked what architecture has for me, has mm-hmm. thought for me. And mm-hmm. shout out ProPrac and everyone else who's in it. But like, <laughs> we're taking this class right now. I was basically exposing the ideals of architecture and how architecture monetarily or what like uh, journey wise sucks because it takes, you, you got to go through leaps and bounds to get to a, a means of like financial stability or monetary like happiness yeah. to where does it really matter that you're going through all those leaps and bounds like you're you're taking this exam and that exam and taking 10 years of experience and all this kind of shit that eventually you get to the point where you're like ah i'm an architect now <laughs> but you can't like just sit back and relax and breathe because you still don't make enough yeah so it, it's just exposing i think for me personally every year of architecture every week of architecture just exposes a new way of thinking of like damn is this really where i want to be is this yeah, yeah, yeah. the creative uh the creative outlet I want to be striving towards for the next yeah. umpteen years. For sure. But um, um, I don't know. Do you feel the same? No, I actually have kind of the opposite take. Um, I know everybody in the school likes to talk about how like, oh man, architecture is so hard and we don't get paid <laughs> and we have to jump through so many hoops. And that is yeah. that is true, right? That is true. Uh-huh. Um, but if you look at any, any creative discipline, like just because of the way the world works now, there are so many things where you kind of have to, like you have to jump through a lot of hoops regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be a musician, you have to jump through so many hoops for, you know, like not the music itself, but if you're, if you're looking at things like distribution and trying to get like connections and booking performances yeah. and working up a way to talk to record labels and stuff like there's like, there's, there's a ton of like bullshit you have to jump through through that too. If you're looking at the animation or film industries or anything like that, um, as much as like a large part of the industries are like are DIY similar with architecture, you know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. that DIY always comes with the asterisk is asterisk of like, you've got to learn the like marketing. You've got to learn, uh, you've got to learn the like kind of legal sides yourself. Like that's going to happen wherever, you know what I mean? But, um, and that's where the statistic comes into where people just end up being self-employed in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Sometimes more self-employed than your everyday uh somebody <laughs> exactly bro um but i think it like that's gonna happen regardless and um and as an architect you get to be like you get to be creative but i feel like because it's like both an art and a science you still for the time being have uh just a little bit more security mm-hmm. than so many other creative disciplines and um 
and your paychecks being similar and oftentimes on the higher end than those other creative disciplines. So For like, sure. um, it's not, it's not a field without its own issues or anything, but, um, I definitely think that like when you, when you compare it to other creative industries, we're really not that bad off. You no, know what I mean? I, I completely agree with you. And I think there's a few different types of people in architecture. And the main two I see are the people who are in architecture. And if you look at architecture as like the bridge between the capitalist weird shit that people do and then also the, <laughs> the creative stuff on Absolutely, the other side. bro. I think they're, they're the two types of people, the two most common types of people are the people who look at the creative industries like with little tear-eyed like, oh yeah, like, you know, <laughs> puss in boots kind of face. Oh like, yeah. Oh, I wish I could be. I want to be an artist. artist. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> or yeah. they're like, you know, that's screw this shit. I'm gonna go be an accountant. Facts. facts so, facts. <laughs> you you lean either way in architecture, and I feel like those are the two most common ways. But architecture is a happy medium. I think it's. I agree. That's why we chose it. Yep. So, here we are, starving. And um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and I personally think, like, just as as an afterthought, because if we're talking about, you know, like entrepreneurial like self-reliant bullshit and all that um now so that you, i'm you want to cut the episode now oh yeah 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 okay. cut the episode and i'll okay. just i'll tell you okay. about it afterwards tell me, but yeah. now now that the episode's over um <laughs> now you know since i'm uh since i'm pursuing the business minor and all and now that <clears throat> now that i can talk about that shit uh no I, I just i feel like the um the skills you learn or some of the stuff that i've learned um through the business minor i feel like has helped me um kind of understand the business side of what i might be doing and pro prac as well let me understand the yeah. business side of uh what i might be doing if i ever decide is like start, start a firm start a company any of that bullshit entrepreneurial and mindset. yeah exactly and um just my like personal like this is this ain't backed by like facts or anything so you could totally disregard <laughs> this but from what i've seen in the world working with other brilliant creative minds is i feel like so many people are uh so into like the um the actual like creative aspect of what they do like making the best like song or whatever possible mm -hmm. that uh, and um and maybe they might not pay as much attention to the business side of things and i hate business just as much as the next guy um <laughs> but i feel like just maybe taking a little bit of time to learn how like to balance books or anything like that personally you know coming from somebody with no experience at all um i think it would be like extremely beneficial i guess and it, it kind of seems like um because there's so many like are like you know if you're following kanye on twitter you know about like all this shit going on with like musicians and record labels and then being like screwed by their mm -hmm. contracts essentially like if if you can take a little bit of time to understand how a record deal works then you as a young musician because okay i love kanye as much as the next guy but bro you are so old and you've been in so many contracts. Like, at what point are you going to realize that they're doing this shit to you? Like, just read your contract, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, if you can, like, kind of teach yourself those steps as much as possible, we ain't even need the business lords, bro. We can be the business lords. <laughs> that's my that's, that's my business rant. I'm, I'm done with it for now. Sorry you guys have to hear all that shit. <laughs> I guess we'll wrap the episode, guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we're gonna cut that part out anyways but yeah exactly uh, we're chilling i think i think that idea is that concept is really really important and i think although you might have a hot take on that to say like oh you should also do you should also work on this part of your yeah you know your uh your skills while you also work on your creative mindset i think 
at the end of the day, it's inevitable that people are going to need those skills because of the society structure we have. Mm-hmm. Because going back to the episode where we're talking about like, regardless of what you do, you're going to need the degree to do anything. Yes, sir. And all that kind of Gotta stuff. So it. like, regardless of how cool you think you are when you tape a banana to a wall and you know you make hundreds of thousands of dollars on it, <laughs> society always has certain means for you to follow a path to get to where you want to go. And the big facts, the uh, the one-off chance that you do find money behind that banana tape to the wall, <laughs> congratulations! But uh, yeah, it's not always gonna be that easy. So, facts, facts, facts. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, man. I mean, we've been hella creative on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we've had to peel the banana back up and uh, and get Finally on with not it. Start. So. Yeah, exactly, bro. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude. So that being said, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, And in the future, any topics you want to discuss, any guests you want to see, any guests you want to be, you know the drill. Please hit us, text us, tweet us, Instagram DM us. Don't, don't, I just want to clarify. Don't hit us, hit us up. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to clarify. I don't want to be attacked tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> also that being said i know this uh we joke about having four followers but i think for the majority of those four followers three out of the four at least uh we know that most of you also have a creative mindset and and tend to you know fall into this whole creative industry creative economy for sure, for sure. category so i i know this episode is definitely going to spark something in you guys whether it's like a slight conversation with us or just an idea or a rebuttal against something we said or something society said so Definitely hit us up. Start a conversation. Oh yeah, for sure, um, for sure. And if you're if you're really it. feeling brave, tweet us about it at hashtag oddfish. You know how it goes. Or say you'll come on here and like say some <laughs> shit because we can do part two of this and make it even better. Absolutely. With someone who's educated, <laughs> which is anybody. So leaving it at that, we better wrap it up, and we'll yes, see sir. you guys next week.